The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. It is six minutes after 8 o'clock on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined in the studio by our resident financial analyst, planner, occasional um, oddball humorist as well, Merle Kelch. Financial professional. Professional. Oh, that's the word. Yeah. I do like that better. Yeah. I do like that better. That's okay, our, I'm, I'm still sticking with occasional oddball humorist, though, as well. But, well, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. Yeah, anybody that's uh, a regular listener to the show knows we like to do that uh, every now and then as well here. Uh, as we open up another edition of Making Financial Sense live in studio here with Merle Kelch, as always, we've got time for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. If you've got a question for Merle, feel free to give us a call. Uh, Merle, uh, uh, Another good week uh, for us here yeah, on the yeah, markets. Been, Some more big record yeah. uh, closes, record high closes. Uh, mm-hmm. It appears that, uh, once again, the uh, bottom that was last week on Tuesday has just been a little speed bump, right? Yeah, and there seems to be a lot of that. By the way, I'm having like the weirdest experience in my life, folks. I left my radio backpack in my truck. Mm-hmm. And my earbuds, which are inside of my ears, are really cold. It's the strangest. <laughs> it's like putting icicles in your ears. It's the strangest feeling in the world. Well, d- here. don't worry. Just leave yeah. them out in the truck uh, tomorrow <laughs> and uh, Monday, and they should be nice and toasty. So yeah. So I mean, the, the biggest thing that's going on inside of the marketplace. We've been hearing for the last year or so about the magnificent seven, uh, the seven internet-based stocks or, or technology stocks that have been driving the market. Now uh, there's an article that pops up here called. The Magnificent One, an article by Daniel Newman, says NVIDIA is the Magnificent One now, but these <laughs> rivals are closing in. So, you know, let's let's chat about NVIDIA, and I have where, to make sure that I disclose. Where I have I heard NVIDIA. this before? Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I own it. So, um, and, and I didn't buy it because it was going up. I, I bought this thing a couple of years ago, and I bought it because of what they were doing then from a profit and what they're doing from a chips. And, and anybody knows I like companies that make money. <laughs> Weird, mm-hmm. you know. So NVIDIA in here, folks, is, and this is stuff by this article, but everybody who has been following this company um, has been following along for a long time in here. You know, NVIDIA, um, you know, it's gone up tremendous in price. But what's important to note here is if we look at the profit of this company, and of course, I just turned past the page of it, but I think I'm still pretty accurate. Um, its profit over the course of year on year from one year to go to now is up over 300 percent so they went from a seven billion dollar profit a year ago to some 26 billion dollars and I'm, I'm pretty close on this folks billion dollars profit now so when your profit triples guess what happens with the stock mm-hmm. it did the same thing and so oddly enough it's one of these companies that you can point right to the math and say why are they going up so much well look at their profits look at what they're doing they're the market leader so far they're about the only game in town as far as how they're doing it and doing it this well they get to charge whatever they want to from a market price. And so as a result of that, we've seen the stock just jump up. Now, the question is, will it go forever? 
Probably not, because that's not the norm. And so that's what the article that talks about here. And so, folks, if you're an NVIDIA fan, you want looking at thinking, well, geez, I'm going to buy NVIDIA because it's going to go up the same pace, which you probably won't. Um, um, this is a good article, and I'm not making a case for you to, to buy NVIDIA or not buy NVIDIA, either direction. Um, but the thing is that NVIDIA has gone up because its profits have gone up, not because of the tech bubble, which is some articles in, in different places here this morning. You know, the tech bubble went up because everybody said, look, the Internet, the company, oh, look, it says Internet has got to go up. I can remember back in those days, Mike, that um, I remember looking at the financials of a company and it says profit and it says nil. That's not Sales, good. nil. That's not good. Yeah, and they had an article, and they had a commercial on the, on the Super Bowl that year, and and everything said nil. I said, I can't buy this company. It doesn't make any money. It doesn't do anything. And of course, it was gone, and that was pretty much the catalyst of the dot com. But in here, guess what Nvidia is doing? They're making money. They're making a ton of money, and they're making a mountain of it. Will they continue on at this pace and making money? Don't know. Our projections are that they might do it through 25, according to what uh, their chairman and CEO has said. Um, they're, they're the game changer. They're what mm -hmm. Apple did. They're what Microsoft did. They're, they're the game changer at this point in time. But what's happened with every one of those companies is competitors come behind. And when competitors come up behind, and that's the uh, basics of this article here, folks, that's uh, uh, coming in from uh, Daniel Newman, is that you have competition coming in, and the competition that they're citing is out of this article um, is you have competition coming in from AMD on their new GPUs, the same type of a thing called the GPU, a graphics processing unit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you have Microsoft coming up, developing your own. Facebook, Meta, um, uh, uh, you're having Google. They're all coming and developing their own types of chips that are going to do the same exact thing. So when that happens, it tends to drive the margin down and the profitability tends to slow up. A normal, what's called a business cycle. You know, a company comes up with their thought and their idea, and then they reach a thing that's called critical mass, and a company just takes off. We're seeing it happening with NVIDIA right now. Um, is it at the top? I don't know. I uh, don't really know at this particular point in time. But they don't have a lot of competitors yet to drive their price down. Will it happen? Sure. When? Who knows? But, boy, what a happy ride it has been for me. <laughs> I Don't get me wrong. I'm a pretty darn happy guy. Right. Um, but in here, NVIDIA's got to continue to keep reinventing itself now, which is what some of the difficulties we've seen happen with uh, the Apples and the Microsofts. And, um, I mean, we can even go back to Cisco systems from years ago. Um, you know, they got to continue to keep reinvesting, reinventing themselves so they can stay on that ride and continue to keep it going. So we'll see how it is. But a great article here, folks, if you're thinking about NVIDIA, um, to talk about the company, um, what they've done, how they've been doing things. And it's been a spectacular ride, and they've done a spectacular job, and they've run a spectacular business. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. I've got some questions uh, for you about that. We're going to ask later on, though. We call that a tease in the business. All right. First yeah. off, though, we go to the uh, phone lines on this Saturday morning. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? We're talking to Phil. Morning, Phil. Hey, got a question for you. What's Walmart up to buying Vizio? Do they usually do that? Do Walmart usually buy big corporations and are they going to make the TVs here or are they going to make them did they buy the company in China or what's the story with it? You know, I don't know the answer. I just got the work myself recently and I haven't dug into it deep. So I, I can't tell you exactly what and where. But Is it common for Walmart to do that, to buy other companies that they, that they sell product from? Well, you know, there's been, there's been a big move for a lot of companies to start integrating vertically. 
Um, and so it would not surprise me. Now, you know, the sad part about it is if we go back to Walmart back in the days when Sam run it, Sam Walton, um, remember he only wanted to have a store inside of all the county seats and he wanted everything back in America, built back in America. Right. And sadly, that's changed, as we all know, with, with Walmart. So are they going to have it built elsewhere and then shipped into America? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But um, I, I just caught the article myself, so I don't have a lot of comment on it. I hope they bring it back to America. That'd be wonderful, but I'm not sure. That's a lot of TVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. They're not bad. I mean, I don't have a problem with them. Yeah, I just was curious because I just wondered if they commonly do that. You make it would make sense if you're going to sell that much of a product to you know to cut the middleman out, and make it yourself. Well, I mean, it, it really helps your bottom line. Um, but we just have to look locally at Quick Trip. You know, our local Quick Trip is just a huge vertically integrated uh, player, and they do a really good job, and uh, and they treat people real well. Uh, so maybe Walmart's going to do that, but I just don't have a comment. I just saw the blurbs myself, so I don't even have anything to dig into that to, to help you out on that one. Okay, Merle. Thanks have for your call. Time. Good question. Yeah, again, 715-845-2155 is the number if you've got a question for Merle. Uh, I I believe at one point Vizio uh, TVs were exclusively sold in Walmart. Mm-hmm. I don't know how if you know that probably is gonna is gonna change or not. But I'm actually just learning about this along uh, with you mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so uh, again. Don't know a whole lot about this, but uh, at some point, you know, maybe we will get some answers. Yeah. So, on so that. I mean, and thank you for the question and bringing it up because I I don't know if they um, are built by somebody else under that name brand for Walmart. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something outside. I have not dug into that that product. I'm, I'm familiar with the the brand. I've seen it um, not only with places that I've been associated with, but I believe my son has one, and they just mm-hmm. keep going. So I. I don't have any complaints from that. I never hear anybody saying that they're, you know, the the terrible things and falling apart, but I don't know where they're made, who's building them. And at one point, uh, Vizio actually did sponsor the Rose Bowl game as uh, well. Yeah. It was the Rose Bowl game presented by Vizio for a couple of years, uh, nice. but that was probably about uh, 10 to 12 years ago or so. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll be back with more with Merle after this here on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. It is 19 minutes after 8 o'clock here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well as we are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Merle joining us live in studio today. Uh, Merle, just uh, before the break, you were talking uh, we were, or you were talking a bit regarding uh, NVIDIA, again, mm-hmm. a company that you own some shares of. We'll make sure we get uh, that disclaimer out there. But you were talking Uh, To the point of that disclaimer, the forward-looking statements, which may not come true, which, of course, is something that you hear regularly on this show, which is why we disclaim it uh, three times every show. Uh, One question that I had for you uh, regarding— That's for the regulators, by the way, so thank you for compliance. Uh, They'll be happy. Indeed. The (laughs) compliance will be very happy, which is something we like to uh, keep, uh, keep happy here on Making Financial Sense. One thing, one question, one observation I had for you, you were talking about NVIDIA and— and uh, the point which they may reach critical mass, which is something that you know may have already happened. You said they've got some competitors catching up to them. 
Uh, you mentioned some of the other tech companies in there, though, like the Microsofts, the Metas, Apple, um, Cisco Systems of the world. Is there going to be a point that you think where somebody like NVIDIA may just become kind of a staple in a portfolio, just something that no matter what, if you've got your own portfolio that you're managing, whether you've got the 401k that's being managed by your company, that's just something that you see in there because it's a known brand, something that you can count on, and something that's, I guess you could say, like toilet paper. It's always going to be there, and it's always going to be in need. You know, I, it has every likelihood that it will be. Um, I, I can't comment whether it will or will, wouldn't, but you know, we can look back to the early days of Microsoft, um, and they've become a bellwether in almost every portfolio. Um, they've they've become our you know, it's a stock you just have to have because they continue to keep driving forward. And remember, in the old days, it used to be, however, so goes GM, so goes the U.S., I think is how the term went, mm-hmm. um, because General Motors was that big. Well, you know, Walmart, Apple, those guys have kind of turned into the same thing. I mean, the direction they're going tends to be how we're, we're going as an economy because of their sheer size. NVIDIA has become a really large company in regards to what's called market capitalization. And market capitalization, so folks, if you simply take the share price times the, mul- the number of shares that are outstanding, tells you how big the company is. Um, NVIDIA is probably going to hit $3 trillion. It, 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 uh, it did a trillion over the course of uh, roughly the last year. It went to a trillion, then to two. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just absolutely huge. But again, their, their profit is what's driving it. It's not because it's popular. It's because their profit's been so, so absolutely amazing. So, so will they become a bellwether? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think a little bit more time will tell, but they've been making money for a long time. You know, in, in, hence the reason that I bought them. And in, in, I've had this conversation with one of my clients. You know, he said, oh, you can't buy that stock because it's not going to go up. I said, well, I'm not buying it for today. I'm buying it for years from now. Of course. He said, well, aren't you going to do this? I said, yeah, but I didn't, I, I'm buying this for years from now. And so my buying NVIDIA years ago was because I liked what they were doing. Um, I, I like the processing, you know, I saw how you know, more and more things were going more game oriented and graphics oriented. I said, I think they're going to be a pretty good stock. I think they got some stuff. I did not know by any stretch of the imagination that their AI was going to take off as it has now. And those chips would be able to be used by that. That was complete luck folks. I bought them because they made money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is the same reason I look at other companies and say, Hey, look, they make money. I, I like this idea, you know? So, um, so with it, will they become a bell method? Well, if they can continue to keep making profit, which they've done, demonstrated a great job at, um, they very well might become a bellwether inside of a portfolio. Uh, there's other names that are out there that that same way that, you know, people say, well, you got to have in your portfolio because they do a good job with the economy. There's a lot of names that are out there. And folks, again, I'm not saying go buy these companies, sell these companies, or they're right for you. Contact your financial professional with this stuff. But um, just in answering your question, they could be. I mean, they very well could be. Um, you know, I, I like companies that are well run and I like looking inside of my portfolio when they're well run and they make a, make a profit. Um, you know, and, and I'll have people say, well, how do you know if a company makes money? Well, you, you look up the financials and, and that stuff is free and you can find it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you look in there and you can look at, uh, you know, value lines or you look at morning stars, you can get a, a free article that'll tell you how a company's doing over the course of the last several years. Whether or not it's making money, you can look at the information really fast. Um, another way to look at it is if you look at companies that are paying a dividend. Typically, if a company's paying a dividend, it means they're making money. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I like to see those sort of things uh, along the way, too. But who knows? 
they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, ultra incredibly profitable right now because they've got all the pricing to the game. Uh, you know, they're like the uh, the Tesla electric cars when they first started. They're the leader of the first, and now we're seeing, of course, you know, Tesla having a lot of competition. Right. You know? And uh, I think the other thing that y- you might want to look at in something like this uh, is, again, the one company I kind of brought up was Microsoft. The reason I thought about them, not only were they in the computing business and Microsoft Office, who hasn't used a Word document or, or you know, has a license to run Microsoft Word on your computer, they diversified themselves. They got into the gaming sector. How big did the Halo games become? I mean, that's a part of my high school years, I can sure. tell you, is Halo and playing that on the Xbox. They became the number two player in the gaming industry behind Sony, diversifying themselves. And again, what went up when the pandemic hit? Video game sales sure. was one of the things because people needed things to do at home. They, they were able to find different ways to make money, which is probably why they've been a part of, uh, you know, like I said, a portfolio stale, uh, portfolio bellwether, as you said earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. So if companies can do that, they could also uh, find themselves in that in that standing. And, 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 and NVIDIA has already diversified itself into a number of other companies that are with inside of itself. Uh, they've, they've already diversified into other areas doing different things. Now, I'd be really curious to find out and, and, and I should I should really know this, and I don't. Is inside of let's say the um, the game consoles with the various pieces mm-hmm. or companies. I wonder how many of them are using a part of Nvidia chips inside of it. That'd be interesting for me to know. I don't know which game console used which ones. Yeah, I exactly. know that they did though. Exactly. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. I was uh, listening to you talk about Walmart earlier. Yes. And uh, my understanding, Walmart bought Vizio because Vizio has an exclusive streaming on their TVs. And through that streaming, they sell ads. And so Walmart bought them not only for the TV. But to get into the streaming game. Interesting. Uh, we we lost your call, so you must be on a cell phone. I thought I heard a car behind there, but um, so I appreciate your call, caller, because that's pretty interesting to me. I I did not know or did not think about that. Um, mm-hmm. My my wife and I bought a Samsung TV, um, a couple of them actually, and 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 so they had Samsung TV, which is really just nothing more than you hit the the button on the Samsung yep. remote, and the Samsung TV just simply became an overlay for you know, all the other services that are out mm-hmm. there. Um, um, but but every time you touch it, it brought up Samsung every time. And so yeah. I wonder if that's the same similar thing with Vizio or if Vizio had some sort of a pay stream to it and maybe the Walmart wanted that because the, the streaming industry is uh, getting big. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. And in yeah. fact, we uh, that that's a whole nother topic maybe for another show because now we're starting to see different streaming companies thinking that they're going to link up with each other. There's rumors out there about uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery's Max possibly merging with Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. things like that. There's a whole lot out there. You know, eventually one of these might just come together and it, you know, might just be called, I don't know, DirecTV, and it might have programming options from sports to yeah. news and comedy shows and movies. Oh, you mean like the 
just regular on-air TV stations or networks? It, weird. I mean, yeah. it's it's weird. It's you know, crazy. I, I like the old days where you had three choices. You know, and <laughs> you had three choices, and my dad had a remote. It was me. Yep. You know, yep. Voice that, activated. Even that was right? great. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey boy, go turn the station. You know, I, I miss those days. It was great. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. You know, it's now I. I look at the TV and I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and again, uh, our, our chat is just uh filler for earphone calls at 715-845-2155. You know, I, and I've even found myself too. I've only got a couple of the streaming services that I subscribe to make a lot of my choices based on what live sports I'm going to be have available to me. But here, there's even a couple of times where I've sat down and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to watch a movie tonight. And I have found myself scrolling on Paramount Plus, on Apple TV, on you know Peacock if I happen to have it at that time, saying, "I can't find anything to watch." Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I was scri- subscribing to these bundles to avoid this problem, <laughs> and sure enough, I'm sitting there saying, uh, "Do I want to watch Mission Impossible Four, or do I just sit here and uh, and stare at the?" Uh, at the movie posters as they scroll through my TV. Sure, I mean, it's it, it was no difference than when we had the you know the boxes sitting on top of the TV with the eighty seven channels in it when cable first started from uh, you know uh, was I think it was Time Warner back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at that and say, well, Jesus, all these channels is still nothing to watch and it's still the same 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 arena. Um, I have at my place up north. I'm just sharing stories that um, I have the, you know the old digital big powered antenna. Oh yeah, up there. And I find myself watching that more than the Netflix and the Disney and all that stuff that I have. I find myself watching that. Now, I have caught up on a lot of Gunsmoke and Rifleman <laughs> um, uh, and some Hogan Heroes. But, uh, you know, I, I find myself just to have some noise and something in the background. I watch that more than I do any of the pay services, which makes me wonder, why am I doing any of the pay services? Exactly. Again, this was supposed to be the end of that. And now here we are again with the uh, exact just, same problem. Yeah, it's just more choices, you know. It's like when you get a menu at a restaurant. Oh yeah, and they've got eighty choices, and you're just looking for toast. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. We'll be back with more after this, but first, a check of your news on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. 8.36 on this Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined right now by Merle Kelch. Merle's got the smoke coming out of his ears right now. That tells me he's thinking really hard about something, which <laughs> means ex- the earbuds warmed up. That yeah, that too. If you've been with us from the start, Merle's earbuds were extremely cold this morning. Uh, but that also means he's thinking really, really hard, which is either brilliant or possibly dangerous. Merle, what do you have for us? I'm going to read an article about cryptocurrency. Oh no! What do you think of this? Uh oh. But it's Uh-oh. a court case. Okay. So, okay. So there's an article that's out there, folks, by Chris Matthews. Uh, the title of the article is Inside the Crypto Industry's Plan to Vanquish the SEC at the Supreme Court. All right, so here we go. So this past year, the Securities Exchange Commission um, went after a number of um, uh, Securities Exchange Commission exchanges or companies and that whole bit 
and find them and find them heavily. And the reason they went after them is they said, you guys are uh, acting as a securities industry on how you're bringing money in, how you're sending money out. And as a result of that, you're not doing stuff the right way. And they were fined and refined heavily. Um, and so as a result of that, then, um, the industry is coming back and said the Securities Exchange Commission doesn't have the right to do that because cryptocurrency is not a real investment, essentially. It's not regulated by the securities industry mm-hmm. because it's not like a stock or a bond or something of this nature. And so there's a fight coming up on this. And so a lot of the uh, uh, complaints that are happening from the uh, crypto industry is that, well, you know, uh, the Securities Exchange Commission, them coming down, it is going to ruin you know, good lawful companies and us trying to build a business. Well, no, I think it's trying to put some regulation into this. You know, I look at this in the sense that, you know, if, if people want to invest inside of cryptocurrency, so be it, let them. I don't believe it's a real investment. We've had that conversation many times. But it, I, I don't think we should make it illegal, um, but we should make it so that it's known. But at the same time, if I'm trying to solicit business and I'm trying to solicit and bring business into that, the individuals coming in have certain protections to the government. It's the same thing that if I'm buying a can of soap, can of soap, a bar of soap, sure, um, or uh, some dishwashing liquid, I have certain protections as a consumer. Um, and so I think the government's going to get involved in that way. I don't know which degree, but it'll be interesting to see uh, the fight that comes between uh, the crypto industry as well as then the Securities Exchange Commission. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes. What we see so many, you know, FTC and and. Uh, what did uh, Sam Reitman? Or Sam Bankman. Bankman yeah, Bankman the or uh, crypto. $10 billion he stole. Yeah, something uh, they can't like find. that. Uh, we see that. We see the dark money that went to Iran that's helping to finance all the stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really surprised if we don't see Securities Exchange Commission or versions of that around the globe starting to put the screws on, making sure that if a person's going to buy a um, cryptocurrency, it's through a vendor that's doing stuff the right way and not just dark money or stealing it. Yeah, because again, uh, in a situation like this, you are assuming the risk of something like that, mm-hmm. the cryptocurrency, just like investing in the stock market, which is what we talk about here. Uh, it's on okay a to assume basis. the risk if you know what they are. Yes. You know, but if you don't know what they are, and somebody BS'd you into buying something with guarantees or um, some sort of promises of a, a new Eden, um, then it's a problem because we have to know what the risks are. And so the only way to have that is some sort of a regulation from some governing body that says it's supposed to be done like this. And so let's see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And I don't uh, think the, the crypto industry is going to win that battle. Right. My and, and and this goes back to something that we talked about you know, last summer. We had an investor, uh, a financial planner, financial professional here in Wausau that actually had was taken to court and ended up losing his battle, losing his license, and is now spending time in prison because of the way that he treated his clients. So this is the situation right now with crypto. It's just we're trying to write the rules on it as we go along, and sure. we all know how the speed of government we're back works. Yeah. That can take a while. So right now we're trying to figure things out uh, as we go. So this is a, another situation where you, when you're having these conversations with your financial professional or with somebody who's trying to help you out in the crypto world, you have to make sure that you're working with somebody uh, that you can trust, and that trust has to be overly regulated or regulated Absolutely. from above. Correct. I mean, there's there's a lot of broker dealers, ours included, um, Grove Point, um, that say you're in, uh, you're not doing anything with crypto because it's just it's the wild west at the moment. Um, you you can't quantify why it's a good idea to invest in it, um, and, and so. Um, so our firm won't let us, which I think is the right move anyway, but 
uh, won't let us on behalf of clients invest in it. Um, and we have to, you know, give blood, take pictures if we want to invest in it ourselves, which basically we can't. Um, and so, uh, so it, it's kind of interesting how it's happening. There's a lot of broker dealers in that same way. saying we, we can't justify why we should buy it. Um, and we can't justify how we keep that regulated to, you know, clients that we invest to. So therefore they just don't have their financial professional professionals or reps, brokers, whatever term you want to use. Uh, they simply say, you're not going to provide those to clients and ours is one of them. And I don't have a problem with that. It's, it's okay to me. So then that being said, what kind of a track record would you need to see from cryptocurrency? And this is again from you, not from your investment firm, yeah. but you personally, what kind of a track record would you need to see before you would be comfortable saying, we are going to invest in this mutual bond, this, uh, this package of stocks, and then we are also going to put a certain percentage of your money into Bitcoin. I, I see no path to that at all. Um, uh, first of all, um, it, 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 if, if you've listened to us on the show, you've heard me say this many times. Um, if a person wants to buy Bitcoin, I'd say, well, just tell me what their make, what their home office number is, and what their customer service phone right. number is. And that doesn't exist because there isn't one. Um, but on the other side of that, part of the thing that's worrisome is I can go into you know, Cash App or Venmo or to some um, ATMs and it'll say, do you want to buy Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. uh, what? I mean, how is that regulation? And it's not, I mean, it's the wild west. I can't just go to a ATM and say, I'm going to buy, um, LMNOP stock. Do you want to buy some shares and push the button? Well, no, there's gotta be disclosures, you know, risks. What are the associations? You know, can I take a look at the profit ahead of time? Um, I can't just go up and buy a mutual fund. No, no, I have to have a prospectus first. I mean, those are some rules for safeguards for consumers, but yet, I can go on to Cash App and hit a button and buy Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Not right, because people, I think, are getting a false false sense of security on what it is. So it's interesting uh, how this battle is going to go. And I don't think crypto is going to win the battle, which they think. And, and, and this is just my opinion as well, that it's all going way too fast. Because, again, did we ever see a time where we could go into the – quick trip, whatever uh, grocery store you shop at, and buy XYZ company. You used LMNOP. I'm using XYZ. We're talking about two different companies here. Yeah. Uh, that's a joke, people. Diversification. Exactly, yeah. diversification. And buy XYZ company stock at the grocery store after we got done buying our apples, oranges, mayonnaise, and chips. Yeah. And we can't, that, but at some places, we could buy Bitcoin. Yes, that that is where I look at it and say, wait a minute, is this really a snap judgment that you should be making on your way out of the grocery store, especially when you're talking about real money? Yeah. But again, that's just our opinions here. Um, we can, uh, and again, for the regulators, forward-looking statements that may not come true. There you go. <laughs> He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, Merle, what else did you read this week? Well, some of the stuff that's been popping up for uh, some time, um, by the way, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, um, huge profit jump this past year. You don't but, say. Yeah, who knew? 
But what, what I th- one of the things I found that was interesting is over the course of the last year or so. Oh, um, hold that thought here. Okay. We do have somebody at 715-845-2155. Uh, good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? Good morning. This is John. I have a question for my buddy Merle. Morning, John. How you doing, buddy? <clears throat> Just fine, thank you. Just looking into the, the news a little bit lately, we they're putting out that Bezos and Zuckerberg and Jamie Dimon are selling off stocks. Mm-hmm. And so when you have stocks of, you know, the caliber and the weight that they have, what, uh, what do you turn it into? You turn it into dollars or you turn it into Bitcoin or euros or where's, where's the money? In almost all of those, it's almost all dollars. It, it's oh. not uncommon to see um, insiders like this selling off chunks as they come up throughout the course of the years. We saw Elon Musk do it a few years ago. One not only did it have to pay for X, but he had a whole bunch of taxes he had to pay. Mm-hmm. So they'll sell them off. So when they're selling these shares like this, John, they have to announce this a long time in advance that they're going to sell the shares so they don't disrupt the marketplace. And it's almost always in U.S. dollars that they sell it into. So then from there it gets funneled into whatever projects or taxes or whichever uh, they may have. I think Bezos is uh, busy paying for all of his uh, – property he's buying in florida as he's moving there so he's right. he's got stuff that he owes to his ex-wife as well i presume would presume be. <laughs> yeah well the purpose of the question really was to see what what currency these people were still favoring to do business in yeah it's, it's almost always inside of u.s mm-hmm. it's still whether or not um some people like to think that but uh, the u.s is still the global currency very good thank you gents good question Have john good thank you Bye-bye. Again, thanks for the call at 715-845-2155. Uh, yeah, back to uh, what, what we were talking about before the call. Before we're talking about call. my good friend Warren Buffett. Yes, we were. Yes, I've never met him, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can remember years and years ago, they had you could uh, do an auction to see if you wanted to have lunch with Warren Buffett in New York. Sure. Um, and this was when I first started. I actually put a bid in for it. Um, and uh, so my bid which I thought was a lot of money. My uh, uh, wife at the time said, you did what? And I said, yeah, I put a bid in. <laughs> and and whatever my bid was, did not, wasn't even close to the million sure. dollars that they got to have lunch with Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Um, but it first started out, I was probably one of the earlier bidders and they looked at it and probably giggled. Of course. Um, but, you know, I thought it would have been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, in here, um, they have been buying through uh, Berkshire Hathaway, they've been buying Occidental Petroleum. Throughout the course of about the last year or so, um, and matter of fact, at year end they own twenty seven point eight percent stake. And somebody um, essentially said, "Are you going to buy the whole company?" And said, "No, they're not going to." And now Berkshire Hathaway also owned a lot of Apple for a long time, and they sold a bunch of it off. But there's been a lot of rumblings coming up inside of articles and on uh, the news and the news media about oil starting to make a, a comeback coming up in the years, and, and the belief that. Um, if their uh, their candidate gets into the White House, mm-hmm. uh, that the oil and gas is going to open up once again. And so Berkshire Hathaway is a big believer of buying strong companies that are well-managed. And as a result, that he likes to buy these companies um, when they're down, which the oil and gas industry has been down throughout the course of this past year, year and a half. Um, and then as a result of that, I'm waiting for them to start coming back up again as that particular industry starts making a rise. Um, and so uh, that being a lesson... Um, note what Berkshire Hathaway has been buying. Um, they haven't been going through and buying 27% of NVIDIA. 
Mm-hmm. They've been buying uh, oil and gas companies and that type of stuff for things coming up into the future. So just kind of put that into a note, and this is an article, folks, uh, by Nicholas Jasinski, Warren Buffett's annual letter, Berkshire Hathaway won't buy Occidental, is the title of that article. He is Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. We'll be back to wrap the show up after this, but first, here's Chris Conley with this day.